Good morning, class. Good morning, Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is good to win. It is good to overcome. And... Uh, uh, you got to watch about judging your future by your past. If something was really hard, it took a long, long time to do a certain thing in times past, you got to watch or you'll be inclined to think, well, it'll, that, it'll take that again to, to overcome something. No, no. You're in a different place today. You've grown, Amen. right? Yes. Especially if you've been around here with us. Your faith's grown stronger. And it can happen so much easier and so much quicker now than in times past because you're receiving on a different level. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us, and let's get that faith built up even more so we can lay hold of what you're supposed to receive. Father, all of us agree together as touching these things, asking for the utterance, the anointing, the direction, the help, the answers the quickening and working of your Holy Spirit in us, spirit, soul, mind, body, finances, family, ministry, jobs. We ask for your involvement in all these things, and we thank you for the victories in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look, please, in Hebrews 3 again, we've been talking about overcoming unbelief. And we're cautioned here in the New Testament in Hebrews 3, 7. He said, today if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your hearts like they did in the day of provocation. Verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation. We don't want God grieved with us. I mean, that's, that's a, not a good thought, is it? That God's irritated with you, grieved with you. How many would agree if God's grieved with a group of people, he has every right to be. He has good reason to be, right? He knows. And they're not even trying is what was going on. And so um, he said, take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So we've been studying what happened with the first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian slavery and bondage, and how that it took 10 signs and wonders to get them out. But then he told them, I've got a place picked out for you, Canaan land, flows with milk and honey, beautiful. He said, houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, houses full of good things, vineyards, orchards for your flocks and herds. And, and this, you would be, uh, you know, now the owners. We'll see. Last month, uh, or, or whatever, a couple of months ago, you were property. You were owned. You had nothing. And now, 
You're going to own your own farm and your own house, your own orchards and, and vineyards. It's, it's a dream come true. And it's God's plan. How many believe that God's plan is better than anything you could come up with? Do you believe that? We talk about the American dream and thank God for our country, but God's plan is greater than the American dream. It's, it's greater than anything. It's greater than anything you've ever imagined or to come up with. But in order to experience it, it requires faith. Faith in God. Faith to seek Him. Faith to listen to Him. Faith to obey Him. Faith to go all the way. Amen. Now His dream for them was no more slavery, no more bondage, free, healed, money in your pocket, own your own place, hallelujah, good life in Canaan land that flows with milk and honey. And sadly, some two million people of his people that he intended to enjoy that never did, never enjoyed, never got to their house, never enjoyed their orchard or vineyard, never did. They eventually wandered around out in the dry, desolate desert until they all died at 70 or 80 years of age, younger than they should have. And the scripture says in verse 19, we see they could not enter in because of what? They blamed uh, Moses, they blamed Aaron, they blamed the giants, they blamed the walls. And this you've got to watch out for. In, in, in cautioning us and warning us, this is one of the specific things that you need to be able to watch for. Their unbelief was exhibited through murmuring, complaining, and blaming. And that's why I say, if you had asked them, why, why couldn't you go in? They'd say, well, it was that Moses and, and Aaron, you know, bad leadership. That's a lie. It was the giants. They're too big. Nobody could beat them. That's a lie. Their descendants beat them. Right? The walls and the cities are, are too impenetrable. That's a lie. Why couldn't they get in? Unbelief, which was their choice. They chose to doubt instead of trust. So we, we went through uh, episode after episode from the Red Sea all the way to Kadesh Barnea where they sent the 12 spies in to, to spy out the land. There were 10 major episodes where that every uh, challenge, they had an opportunity to trust God and show him that they believed in him and, and would stay with him and listen to him. And they made the wrong choice. They chose not to. They chose to fear they chose to say there's no way. They, they chose to give up and say we can't. They chose to rebel and say we need new leadership. Got to get rid of the got to get rid of the ones God gave us. Go back to uh, number 16, and this is the 11th episode that we've been looking at. As you turn and once you say it out loud, I won't do that. <laughs> by the grace of God, by His help, I will not be stubborn and rebellious and fearful and unbelieving like they were. 
That just means you're saying, I'm going to heed the warnings in the New Testament that he gave us. In Numbers um, 16, we saw Korah, Dathan, Abiram, 250 famous princes uh, in this attempt to overthrow uh, their leadership, get rid of Moses and Aaron. And, and, and basically, their plan was to go back to Egypt. Every time something came up, that was it. We've got, we got to go back. Back to slavery. Fear. Fear is an awful thing. Evil thing. And uh, so when, uh, when they said that, they said to Moses and Aaron, the first couple of verse, the third verse here, they said, you take too much on you. Basically, who put you in charge? All of us are holy. The Lord's with all of us. And boy, Moses and Aaron fell on their face because they knew how serious this was, them being this defiant and rebellious against God. And so he got the answer. The Lord showed him what to do. He said, all right, tomorrow, all of you show up and you bring censers and put fire and incense on it. Well, everybody knew that was only for the priest to do. Only. And the priest were Aaron and his sons, not the Levites, the priest only. And so to even do this, can you see what happened for you? You know, uh, these 250 guys who are not in the ministry at all. And they thought, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. Go out, get a censer you're not supposed to even handle. Get the holy fire off the altar and the holy incense that you're not even supposed to have any like this at your house. And you put it on there and you're going to stand out there and act like you're the high priest. <laughs> Do you see how they had degenerated and devolved until they had lost respect and not showing any honor to God and His things? and his... Is any of that relevant for today? Oh, yeah. And if not for the mercy of God, you'd see more things like this. But what we see is his unchanging how he sees this. And God has not changed today, and he won't change a thousand years from now. If he says this is evil and wrong, it's always evil and wrong. If he says something's right, it's always right. It never changes. And we see that when they all stood out there, and they held up those censers. Uh, Moses had said, if the ground opens up and they all go down alive to the pit, then you'll realize, verse 30, these men have provoked the Lord. And uh, it came to pass, as soon as he finished saying that, the ground opened up. They all went down alive to the pit. We talked about that in yesterday's class. Well, in verse 34... All Israel that were round about, they fled at the cry of them. They ran away, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. Well, you can imagine that. I mean, this is basically an, an earthquake, but it's a precision earthquake, right? And it only lasted for just a little bit, opened up, and then it closed back up. And uh, verse 35 is something else that if you hadn't read the account very closely, you might have missed this, there were two things happened in judgment, not just the earthquake. When the earthquake opened up and Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, 
and all of their tents and all of their stuff. I mean, we're talking about a big area with a lot of stuff and a lot of livestock, and it was their house and everything. All of it just went straight out. And they screamed, screams you could hear as they're going down. This is a vivid, graphic picture of hell. And this is not the end of this. There is a hell. It exists right now. And in time to come, there's a lot of people going there. There's a lot of people going there today. People are dying without God. And it's not God's choice. It's not God's will. People say, well, how can a God whose love send people to hell? He didn't send them. It wasn't his choice. But if you don't want God, there's only one other place to go. If you don't want God, there's only one other group to be a part of. Verse 35 says, and there came fire from the Lord. And consumed the 250 men that offered incense. So these things happened back to back. The, the ground opened up. All Korah, Dathan, Abiram, all those guys, and all their people went down. The ground closed. And just about time, I guess, it closed, fire flashed out. And all those guys standing there holding those censers up, they were incinerated. They were burned up. And um, the, you know, the Lord had said, um, he said, I, the Lord your God, am holy. And he said, be ye holy. That, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, that handle the, the articles of the Lord. This is not, this is not the first time that they've dealt with these issues. Um, go with me back to Leviticus, the ninth chapter, if you would. Leviticus chapter 9, when they uh, made all the articles of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, that God had given Moses the pattern for on the mount and how to make all of it, they did it just exactly like the Lord showed them to do it, and then they dedicated it to the Lord. And in chapter 9, the latter part... Uh, verse 22, let's look at the latter part, 9:22. Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering of the sin offering and burnt offering and peace offering. So this is, this is the first time that the tabernacle uh, articles and furniture have been used. The first time that the offerings have been made and the blood's been put on the the altar. And Moses and Aaron went to the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Now we look later in these writings that there are times that, you know, they had that pillar of fire uh, that they could see uh, a cloud in the daytime and nighttime you could see the fire in it. And that stood above the, uh, the, all the group of people, and at times it would come down and, and, and rest in front of the door of the tabernacle. And um, when Moses would go to commune with God, that would happen sometimes. And God would come down and talk to him. And the Bible said God spoke to him uh, face to face, like he talked to your friend. Amazing, huh? How many think you should show somebody like that some respect? Right? Instead of blaming them for all your problems and 
but you can, you can make mistakes. You can get off. And they did. But it said, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord. So it would be out of this glory cloud and fire. You could see there was fire in there. Well, the Bible said God, when, when the prophet saw him on the throne, from his loins down he was fire. From his loins up he was fire. And sometimes people, you know, they want to get into all kind of racial stuff. And, you know, what color is God? Well, he's, he's white. He's black. He's brown. He's, uh, no, he's fire colored. <laughs> he's fire colored. He's all the colors of fire. And if you've seen fire, it ranges, right? Yeah. I mean, it can be red. It can be orange. It can be white. Is that right? So hot. It can be plasma or it can be cooler. Well, anyway, God's not a man. And uh, fire came out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering, the fat. Uh, it just, uh, and you know what, it would be, I suppose, like lightning, which is like plasma. And this is no little fire. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this vaporizes stuff. This just, and that's what happened with the offerings that they had made on the altar for the first time in the tabernacle. And God comes down in response and fire flashes out or plasma and just consumes the offerings that they had made. And basically everybody could see God accepted it. He received it. Huh? This is a special time, right? This is, this is astounding. Well, Chapter 10, verse 1, this one, because this wasn't written in chapter and verse. This is just the next part of the story. Nadab and Abihu, they are sons of the high priest Aaron. So they are priests, not Levites, priests. They have a right to be around the holy things of God. They actually have uh, and are authorized to offer incense. And they're authorized to go into the high priest, at least, to go into the holy of holies. And, and, and put the blood on. Nobody else is, but they were. And uh, Nadab and Abihu, that's Aaron's eldest sons. Oldest son and, and next in line. They took either of them his censer, which they had a right to handle. But they put fire thereon and put incense on and offered strange fire. Uh, one way you could say it, unauthorized fire before the Lord which he commanded them not and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord now like we, we talked about this a couple of classes ago people sometimes uh, you know many Christians today they don't read any New Testament any Old Testament rather at all Many Christians have never read any of the Old Testament. And boy, what a mistake that is. In studying these things, have we seen some rich things in God? Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Oh, my. It is the Word of God. Amen. And, and people say, well, I, yeah, but that's just, you know, just like that right there. I don't understand that. Well, do you think God's unfair? You think God's mean? You think God's cruel? You know, you know well, I don't well, God is righteous, 
And what we're seeing is violations of His holiness and purity apart from mercy and redemption. Come on, can you see this? This is why Jesus had to come. Hallelujah. So mercy would be available to us. Elsewise, all who have sinned and come short of the glory of God deserve death and punishment and judgment. But we should not be cavalier. We should not be loose about the things of God. We should show respect. Do you believe that? That hasn't changed. How many think God was owed honor and respect back here, should have been, and violations of it were serious? Has he changed? Should he still be honored? Should he still be respected? Yes. Even if you're not afraid of fire flashing and consuming you, you know, because of the mercy of God that you have as a believer, because of the mercy of the blood of the Lamb, you should still show the respect. And he said, uh, it said the fire went out from the Lord, devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, now, now Aaron, this is his two boys that just got burned up. And Moses is his brother, Aaron's brother, and he's saying to him, but he's also the spiritual leader. He said, this is what the Lord said. What just happened to them? The Lord said, I will be sanctified in them that come near me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. He didn't say anything. Well, obviously he's grieving over his sons, but he realized what Moses said was true, that God had said that. That why did they do it? See, we're talking about why those 250 guys went over there and got censors and put it on and held it up, you know, uh, trying to act like their priests or even like the high priest when they're not. When the fire came, whoosh, consumed the sacrifices and all the people yelled and went, oh, the Lord, he is God, and they fell down. Well, Nadab and Abihu decided they want to take advantage of this Miracle atmosphere. And they want to act like they had something to do with it. They go out and offer up fire. Attaching themselves to what God did. Come on, can you see this now? And when the Lord said, when Moses said, the Lord said he would be sanctified. Part of that word sanctified means separated. And you'll see later on, we're going to find out in our studies, this is where Moses messed up. Uh, You know, when the Lord told him to uh, uh, speak to the rock, and and he he struck it instead, and the Lord was angry with him and upset with him, he said, uh, because you, you and Aaron both, you did not sanctify me in the eyes of the people. What does that mean? Listen to the language Moses said. Must we bring water? Out of this rock for you rebels? Say what? Say what? Huh? Can you see? Sometimes people read some of these things just casually and they go, well, man, it seemed like the Lord was too harsh with that. I mean, why was that so serious? No. 
Can you trust God's judgments? Can you trust his righteousness? If he says it's serious, it's serious. If you don't see it, you need revelation. You need understanding. And we've got a whole generation today that don't even take sin seriously at all. They're like, you know, no big deal. You know, God's merciful. He's the, God's exactly the same as he was then. Thank God we have Jesus. We have mercy available to us. But this thing about trying to take credit for what God did, this thing about drawing attention to yourself, see, God didn't tell them to do that. They just came up with that on their own. And the people can't see. They saw the fire. But these people, half the time, they, haven't, they don't know if they believe in God or not. And so unspiritual people, they gravitate to what they can see. And Nadab and Abihu, they can see. And so they come waltzing out there with the fire <laughs> like they had something to do with the fire falling. And man, when they did, the fire fell again. And they were in the wrong place. The Bible said in the New Testament, our God is a consuming fire. Think about what kind of being can create stars. You talk about hot. I mean, it's, it's June now in, here in, in Florida. And heat index, what, yesterday was 105 or something? We think that's hot. That ain't hot. <laughs> We're 90-some million miles away from hot. Think about who made the sun. Hot? Whew. Should that kind of being be revered? Huh? Feared and reverenced and respected. There's too much casualness. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to be scared. I, I don't mean that. But if you realize who you're dealing with, <laughs> who you're talking to, you won't be respectful. And you won't be too forward or presumptuous. You'll show respect. You'll give honor to whom honor is due. Is that right? Hold up your hands, everybody, and say, Oh, mighty God. Creator of heaven and earth. Consuming fire. Creator of stars. I reverence you. I respect you. I honor you. Thank you for giving me life. I humble myself under your mighty hand and seek your favor and thank you for my existence. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And when you do that sincerely, you'll immediately begin to sense his presence. Because when you draw nigh to him like that, he responds. Even though he is so mighty and powerful, he's also so kind and so generous and so gracious. Well, our time's up again today. Aren't you excited about God? Isn't he wonderful? Come back next time and we'll learn more here in Faith School.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.